another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. I'm not sure about you, but I simply love walking through shopping centers and just watching people. Each one of us are so unique. It is a releasing moment when we discover the truth that we are individually designed in how we look, how we think and respond. In fact, we are a reflection of the value that God places on all of humanity. For all of us, often the challenge lies in the who we see and who we are. And perspective has the ability to shape what we believe to be true. And that perspective can restrict or release the way I see me. Hey, a big welcome, whatever campus you're in, or if you're online, as we launch this incredible month around perspective. Our first story today, we're gonna hear from Catherine. I know that you're gonna be moved by this incredible story. So I was born in Auckland in New Zealand until I was 15 years old. That's when we moved to England. My dad's job took us over there. I started to struggle with my own identity. I was definitely rebelling. Um, I ran away from home and started experimenting with things that I shouldn't have been. My dad left my mum and so that sort of started another spiral of downhill sort of negative behaviour and habits in my life. I had formed a drug addiction and I knew that if I'd stayed in England, I wasn't going to kick it. My only option was to just move back to New Zealand where I could make a fresh start. Mum was a true Christian. She stayed so positive. She just sort of threw herself into the church and made a lot of friends and she was doing really well. But then she got diagnosed with a brain tumour. We asked mum to come and live with us and she agreed it would be the right thing. Mum started slipping into comas a lot. The doctors every time would say she's not going to make it and we'd all have to sort of accept that that was probably the last time we were going to see her. She told the doctors at that point that she didn't want to be brought back again and I just remember the doctors telling me that and me just absolutely not having a bar of it and just really fighting against the fact that she'd made up her mind that this was all too much for her. The month after mum passed away, I found out that I was pregnant with my second child, Otis. And um, it was a hard pregnancy because I was grieving, but um, it was there was a lot of joy when he was born and things were looking up. When Otis was eight months old, I found out that I was pregnant again with our daughter Tate. I lifted her up to my chest and, and she just gave me this amazing smile uh, like I've never seen a newborn do. Um, and it was just magic. And it was around about the time where I needed to pick the kids up from school and I realized that I needed to wake her up. She was always a very good sleeper. So it was normal for her to sleep um, for a couple of hours at a time, but um, I went into her room and I straight away knew something was wrong. Her face was face down into the mattress. I tried to call my husband and he wouldn't, he wouldn't answer, he was in a meeting. 
and I was so shaky, but I managed to text my husband, get out of the meeting, Tate might be dead. When I finally got hold of my husband, he was on the on-ramp to the Harbour Bridge and driving home, stuck in traffic. And I just had to tell him that our daughter had died. I felt so responsible. It was just me at home with her. The ambulance went and picked up Frankie and Otis, the older two, from daycare, and they had no idea what was going on. We had to ask them to give her a kiss goodbye and say goodbye to her. And then the ambulance took her away. My sister, she was attending church and um, was around about that time of complete chaos when I asked her if I could come along with her one Sunday. And um, she said, of course you can, and please do come with me. And I walked into the service and I just cried from the moment I arrived to the moment I left. And I have been coming to church every Sunday ever since because it's felt like a place where I can, I can feel peace. It was there that I was praying for another baby. I really wanted a, a different ending to our family story. And it was the month after that found out that I was pregnant with, with my daughter, Indiana. She's just, she's just a treasure. She is all we'd hoped for and more. She's just so full of life and also so different from Tate, but in a good way. And um, yeah, we're just, we're just so happy for anybody else who's going through a really hard time, I would just give the advice of lean into it, feel the pain, accept it, but then also lean into God because that's where you'll find the peace. I don't think we could ever imagine the pain that Catherine and her husband have walked through. What moves me most is the strength that they've found in leaning on both God and each other. We can't do life doing it alone. And today, as we focus in how each one of us are uniquely designed by God, we need to think this through. You know, in our world today, we have approximately seven and a half billion people. But the fact is that each one of us are all so unique and I think rather than the way we've been thinking about that, we need to understand that's a remarkable God reflection. It was years and years ago, somebody fairly close to me constantly battled with the value of who they were. Every time I would encourage them to do something or to stretch beyond what they'd been through, it was like, I could never do that. I could never do that. And the years seemed to roll by and I think it was something like 10 or 15 years later, still doing exactly the same that they had done before. Still saying, I could never do that. I could never pass that challenge in front of me. I think I saw 
the authority firsthand in that example of how powerful the way we see ourselves either rules us or releases us. And the truth is, in some way, at least in a season or two in our lives, all of us have felt that feeling of, I can't do that. I don't have the value needed to be that kind of person. And so we tend to live through filters or colored lenses and we allow what we've been through or what we can't see to gain the perspective that we need to move past. And I want to encourage you today that the way you see you, the way I see me, has the power to change everything. As I said, the challenge is not so much in what we see, but how we see the what. Uh, You would have heard this before, that beauty is only skin deep. I'd like to suggest that personal value goes as deep as the human heart. And God wants to begin to change who we are on the inside, because on the inside is the truth that we will ultimately live out not what, but how we see ourselves. You can spend a lot of your early life trying to be a brother or a sister that's more gifted, or you can have an idol in your life and think, you know, they've got everything that I don't have. And we often end up living trying to fit a different shadow. What I mean by that is you are you. You don't have to try and be someone else and you'll never fit that shadow. Even King David in the Old Testament in Psalm 139, I think it was verse 13, he said as he spoke to God, God, it was you that formed my inward parts. God, you covered me in my mother's womb. And then he says, I'm gonna praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This changed my whole life when I meditated on that. He goes on and says, marvelous are your works, is your creation. And my soul has fully embraced that. And then he says, God, I know your thoughts are precious towards me and they're big thoughts. I'd like to suggest that difference, when we view others better than ourselves, is an outcome of design, not dysfunctionality. And what I mean by that is, when you think you're not as good as someone else, remember God designed you. It's not something that makes you less, it makes you unique. Here's a thought, everything unique about you Everything unique about me is what makes me me. It's what makes you, you. And comparison will block your ability to discover your true hidden value. And yet when we come to grips with this perspective that God made me me, there's freedom. And so I've had to learn, I'm not to try and be someone else's shadow. I'm not to see myself as dysfunctional. I'm gonna be the best me. And that's where my freedom lies, because freedom incorporates a decision to be authentic. And that decision frees us to be real and to be a better me. So I'm inspired by other people, but I just wanna keep being a better me. My design by God reflects who He is. In fact, in this next story, we hear from Christine. Her story is incredibly powerful. Let's have a listen. parents who were on the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. My father grew up in one of the roughest parts of Detroit, Michigan, with a very abusive family, a really traumatic childhood. Everyone kind of warned my mom to stay away from him. 
She just saw a broken person, someone that needed love. He tried to run away from his issues. He never wanted to confront his demons and the battles he's went through as a child. And so that carried into their marriage and it just caused a really hard upbringing for my brothers and I. As kids, we can't process why he's acting the way he is. And we would see him just completely switch personalities at home. His addiction was really secret for a long time. He hid it from us. And there was a point when I was 14 where he just stopped caring. So his alcohol would be out. Um, I remember him just drinking bottles of alcohol every single night. There was a point where he came out of the bedroom high and he couldn't even put the needle in his arm. And I remember him asking my brother and I to shoot him up. And having your father come to you drugged out like that, it just changes you and it imprints on you for the rest of your life and you'll never forget it. I remember the depression started probably at 14 and I was 18 at the time where I was so serious about taking my life. I remember the months leading up to it where I just thought this was the only way I can escape this pain. I ran to my car and I drove as far into the country that I could. And I remember I was gonna pick the road. I was looking at a post to drive into and I put my foot on the ground and I just pressed forward. The car just stopped, the car died. I couldn't start the car, I tried over and over and I just knew that it was God. I had this peace come over me, knowing that it wasn't meant to be, that God had bigger plans for me, that I had a life worth living, that I was worthy of love. My life has dramatically changed from being a 19-year-old who wanted to end it to now a 26-year-old, where my life is just filled with hope and joy. So suicide's not the answer. Depression is not a forever. God healed my depression. But my perspective on life is to love everyone, no matter what they've done, no matter what they've been through. We're all on a journey, and I think we should be journeying together. No matter our walk of life, no matter our creed or our beliefs, we're here on this earth, and we should journey together and love one another without any expectations or limits. Christine has had so many things that have sought to define her. And yet today, she stands as a confident young woman, completely secure in the way she sees herself. Over many, many years as a pastor, I've met so many people that absolutely believe in God, love Jesus with all their heart. And yet, when you get close enough to them, it's amazing how many still struggle in accepting their God-breathed identity. I think all too often, the reason is the way that they see themselves. And it's often based on how somebody else sees them or how they see someone else. Today, I'm really, really excited to have 
Dr. Simon Manners and his wife Erin, who's a pastor. And I think that must be a match made in heaven because if her physically needs some fixing up, she goes to doctor. If you spiritually need some fixing up, you go to Erin. Is that how it works? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what you do? Tell us a little bit about your world. Yeah, so I'm an orthopedic spine surgeon. Wow. I work full time at Middlemore Hospital. Um, and I guess to where I'm uh, operating and practicing today has been 17 years. That's, what, that's the journey to get you to that point. Yeah, yeah, through med school and studies. So it's been quite a long journey, mm -hmm. but uh, incredibly rewarding. Yeah. And what pleased a... to have someone alongside me to Yeah, yeah to totally. Help. I bet you you've had to walk and carry a lot along the way. Yeah. What about for you, Erin? Your life looks like what? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I'm a mum. Yep. I've got three kids. Yep. Uh, also, I'm on staff at Life as yep. a regional pastor, and we do that together, which we really enjoy. You know, today, as we begin this series on perspective, we're talking about the need to get a right perspective about who you are. Um, you know, I think even sitting in this room and to be a spine surgeon and have 17 years of training, and of course, Erin, you are a great mum and a pastor, and we've known each other, what, 15, 16 years. It's an amazing journey. There would be a lot of people that would look at you and go, well, you just, you got the right genes or you've had the big breaks or, you know, you've just got something special about you. Have you struggled in your journey with this thing of personal value, the way you see yourself? Absolutely. Um, I remember back a couple of years when I was leading up to my final set of orthopedic exams. Um, we had to study for about 12 months to pass those exams. Wow. And it was a constant daily battle uh, against thoughts of I'm not good enough, mm. uh, I'm going to fail, what are people going to say, I'm going to let people down, let my wife and family down and have to do it all over again. And, and really the only thing that kept me going during that time was uh, looking what the Word of God said right. about me and who God said I was and what I was called to do. Yeah. Mm. And uh, Ever feel like giving up? Absolutely. Yeah. Every, there were days when I'd go and park my car at the Auckland Hospital, I wouldn't want to get out. Wow. Yeah. Uh, because of those, those thoughts. Yeah. Um, but they don't, you still battle those now, even though I'm past those exams. There are still times now when I have to say, no, this is what God's called me to do. Yeah. Mm. And so therefore he will qualify me. He'll allow me to, to step into that. Yeah. Yeah. What about for you, yeah. Eric? Yeah, well, I guess for me, I've struggled with value all my life for various different reasons. But one of the things that I really found difficult was when I married Simon, and particularly in the early years of our marriage, just being married to someone who was so incredible. And by the, in the world's eyes, and by their perspective, you know, he had a very high value, he was a doctor. I didn't even have a degree. Yeah. So for me, I had to go on this journey of sort of discovering that, you know, what I do, what we do, what our achievements are, don't add any value to us. What gives us value is what the Word of God says. Yeah. And the Bible says that God bought us at a price. Yeah. And that price was obviously the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ. And yeah. that price is the same for you as it is for me, as it is yeah. for Simon. So um, that's been a huge journey for me, yeah. coming to terms with that. With that. I've always seen you as somebody with spark, with somebody that... Uh, is able to do a lot. I've always believed in you big time and just love your spirit. But it's the same with me. People look at me and, and maybe you're feeling like this, that, you know, it's kind of like, I know the real me. I think a lot of my life, I struggled when I didn't do the things I wanted to do. Mm. And I found myself at times doing the things I didn't want to do. 
how the enemy used that to cause me to believe I was the bad I was doing or I was not worthy because I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And I think we all can relate to that. And there is a challenge in that. There's a battle between what I want to be and what I see that I am currently. Mm. Um, And just maybe a couple of thoughts about that because God's design for all of us has value attached. Mm. Uh, I've already mentioned that we're all different Mm. and we spend too much of our lives trying to live out someone else's shadow and we'll never be fulfilled there. That's right. Uh, And so everything in the world says, well, you're something if you'd be like that. Whereas God made each one of us like we are and that battle of of God creating. I mean, God is so amazing. As a surgeon, you understand the human body um, more than any of us, I suppose. Uh, but I was reflecting just as I was preparing. It's kind of like when God created at the beginning, he said, let there be light. He divided the light and darkness. And then he said these words, that's good. And then he gives, now let there be dry land and let the herbs begin to grow in the trees. And then he says, that's good. I think it's verse 31 of Genesis 1. God saw everything that he made and indeed it was very good. And that thought of, if God sees that as good, why don't we see ourselves as people yeah. that can accept who we are? I mean, you can talk to that, I'm sure. Absolutely. Uh, we're so incredibly designed, so incredibly intricate and right. delicate. And a lot of my work is, is operating around the spinal cord uh, and nerves that, uh, you know, if they're injured, take a long time to repair. But you see that design and there's, there's no way that it could have just happened by accident. Right. And if God puts that amount of um, thought into designing us, then there must be purpose yeah. and value behind it. Yeah. And it's uh, incredible when you start to, to find that purpose, uh, how fulfilling it is. Yeah. Of course, Marie and I, having three boys is kind of, they were all different. Um, and sometimes you, you, you go, because you know who you are, and you've grown through some of the things, but if it's not like me, how, how do I relate to that? And I think we're in a world, right. and maybe today, you're, you're just a part of this perspective focus, and, and I just want you to know the Father's heart towards you is that God created you, you. And if you just stop and say, yeah, but there's a whole lot I don't like about me. No, why don't you like that about you? Who are you listening to? Right. What are you allowing to define because as you get close to God, as you mm-hmm. both said, yeah. and you begin to hear how God thinks and dreams about us and speaks to us, it's like everything begins to change. And uh, the challenge of that is all of us. I mean, you, you, you both are doing things apart from living your lives together and raising your children. You are committed to creating better people. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And if we are often as pastors, you know, we've all got broken souls, the way we feel and think and respond. Mm -hmm. We've all got spirits that have come alive to God if we've given our lives to Christ, but still need to mature. And and we're on this journey. Mm. But until we accept ourselves, I don't know we can ever deal with our past. I don't think we can ever really reach into our future. And I'm sure that we won't make the right kind of decisions we need to make today. We're gonna look at that throughout the series but it's the who we are. And, and maybe throw this thought. Uh, today, I've, I've had to shift a whole lot of my perspective. Today, I have got seeds that have greatness for what God has designed me to be. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not there. 17 years. Yeah. 
you know, I didn't even want to go to school for a year, let alone 17 (laughs) years to do that. And 17 years to get somewhere. You've got to believe you've got something, even though you doubted along the way, you've got to go, okay, I'm walking towards that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and it's only this, this, the start of the journey because as you, God doesn't always reveal the whole yes. story. And yeah. as, you, as you keep saying yes to God and, and what he has for you, he reveals more uh, along the way. Yeah. Mm. For, for you, Aaron, too, you know, because as I said, mm. as a spiritual dad, mm. and uh, I always saw you as someone that was just so remarkable. You know, you've got to say thank you. No, but seriously, but I've had that. I've had people say that to me. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't sort of mentally just push it away, but I had this re- resistance. Yeah, but I know who I am. And I'm not that. And this whole thing of being condemned and kind of that, and I had to change the perspective and say, I've got to accept that God made me and he said I'm good. I may do bad things, mm-hmm. but what I do is not who I am. Absolutely. Come on. Yeah, and it's really important that we don't allow our past to dictate our future yeah. because, you know, I grew up in a broken family and so I didn't know, really know what it was to feel a sense of worth and value because I had, dad wasn't around and all sorts of different things. But I knew when I became a Christian at 19, I knew that God loved me. Yeah. And I knew that there was something inside of me that he had placed, but I didn't really know how to access that. So the journey for me was going through, it was the word of God, really, that is what it is, because he tells you who you are through that and taking captive your thoughts and constantly telling yourself the things that God says is true, even if you don't feel or believe that that's true. And the more you say it, the more you believe it, and then it becomes a reality because as a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. I think with patience as well, it's the challenge, isn't it, to believe that where you are today is, again, put yourself in the right hands, right thinking. You're gonna see a difference. And there's a quote by Chris Bellaton, who says this, you were saved when you believed in Jesus, but you were transformed when you realized he believed in you. And I want to encourage you today as we come to an end. You know, we've heard incredible stories of the reality of the journey, and we all go through that. You are not a special case. You are not somebody that God doesn't care for. And to hear Catherine and Christine share their journeys, I just want to encourage you today to be a part of accepting who you are, and then you can move into so much more that God has for you. And the moment you accept your God shape, everything changes. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you today. We thank you that we are not the things we feel all the time. We're not the things we do. We are who you created us to be. And we just pray that you will enable us in this next season to be able to lift our heads and stand up and be who we are. That we accept we're unique. We accept that we have seeds of greatness on the inside of us. Lead us forward in the name of Jesus. Amen. this podcast from life if you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message visit lifeau.org